0: I feel like the next decade in technology in this space is gonna be huge, tremendous change. Wake up 10 years from now and go back to these campuses and it's gonna be totally
1: different. Welcome to Illuminate Higher Education, sponsored by end-to-end services and our Illuminate app. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders, technology leaders in higher education, and most importantly, students. To chat on hot topics, share solutions, collaborate and envision the future of higher education together. Let's illuminate higher education once and for all. Hello everyone, my name is Kiran Kuritala. I'm founder and CEO of N2N and your host of Illuminate Higher Education podcast. I have with us a very, very exciting guest for us, a fellow entrepreneur and leader of TouchNet, Adam McDonald. Adam McDonald is the president of TouchNet. Adam has spent his entire career in software industry and draws from that experience and expertise to steer TouchNet's products and process innovation to ensure a consistently exceptional customer experience. We are gonna hear a lot about his innovative spirit and entrepreneurship spirit in the coming few minutes. Prior to becoming a president in mid 2018, Adam served as TouchNet's vice president and general manager. Before joining TouchNet, Adam held a number of leadership positions at RSA, including vice president and global service leader. Prior to his tenure at RSA, Adam worked at Archer Technologies and MicroStrategy leadership roles. Adam is a graduate of Dartmouth College where he earned his bachelor's degree in history. Adam, welcome to Illuminate Higher Education Podcast. Thank you, Karen. So Adam, you have this broad history of working at different technology companies, working at TouchNet, leading TouchNet. Talk to me about your history of working in technology and what brought you into higher education.
0: All right, sounds good. And thank you so much for the opportunity to to, to be here with you, Karen. I'm really excited about it. So thank you. As you mentioned, I'm a career software guy. So I worked for two other software companies prior to coming over to TouchNet. And I love those jobs. Those were great. You know, basically software companies that were selling to kind of Fortune 500 uh, type situations. And I started looking for a new opportunity and kind of stumbled upon TouchNet. You know, not really having any higher education background, you know, literally having had almost nothing to do with Higher education since I graduated, you know, now 25 years ago. But I, you know, looked into the opportunity. It seemed great. You know, it seemed like a great company. Met the founders. They were tremendous guys who clearly were very passionate about what they were doing. And so I decided to to take the role and and uh, and come on board. And I'm so excited that I did uh, because I just really, really enjoy higher education. I don't think I really knew what I was in for actually but it's turned out great it's so nice to work with a community of people who are so focused on the mission you know and it's just awesome to see how passionate they are about you know helping their school succeed helping their students succeed trying to deliver the best education they can you know i feel like our our customers are so smart uh they're progressive with their use of technology i just it's a great fit all the way around from my perspective so i really feel Happy to be in higher ed and fortunate to have uh, kind of landed here. And I learned pretty quickly after I came to TouchNet that a lot of times people come to higher ed and never leave. And at first I was like, I wonder why that is, but now I get it. It's just a great welcoming community with a really uh, you know good spirit of, of trying to get the job done, which I love.
1: I can probably attest to that as well. When I was working at University of Illinois, my first job was at their IT department 22 years ago, not to date myself. Ever since then, I've only worked in universities and education. You're correct. There's so many different facets to working in higher education because your ultimate consumer is a student and every parent has a student, right? So there's some attachment to that. Also, the fact that you're working in somehow allowing a student to grow in this journey. So what are some of the things that you like the most about higher education? Is it engaging with students at their their level? or providing them services. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, so you know, from our perspective, what we do, and I guess maybe just to back up and talk a little bit about TouchNet. You know, yeah, so, absolutely. So for anybody who might not know, we provide a software platform that helps our schools, our customers mm-hmm. take every payment And every campus card interaction across the higher education environment. So, you know, we like to say, or we think of our goal as helping schools with the business of higher education, you know, helping them be as efficient and effective and running that in a highly secure manner, you know, so that's what we do. And so the way we look at it is our role at TouchNet is to make all of this business side stuff easy. You know, we want to handle that for you, enable that as an easy thing that runs smoothly and therefore allow the school to spend as much time and as much energy and brain power and everything else on the core mission, which of course is educating students. So that's kind of what we do and the way we, you know, sort of see our role on campus. We don't interact with students that much or some of those types of things. You know, we're much more with the business office and the card office and and folks who are a little more focused on the business side of uh, of the higher ed experience. And so what I really like about it is just helping those parts of the campus run better. Our customers have a lot of good ideas and different needs that need to be met and can be met by technology. And so for me, it's just exciting to, to work with them, figure out what's needed, and find a way to fill those needs.
1: So the process of touching it, that's kind of very interesting, right? Because... A lot of times on our podcast, we talk to presidents and chancellors that are involved in the mission of higher education. But in a lot of ways, there's a lot more that goes into the mission of higher education than just classrooms and faculty and students. It's really, for example, if you're running a library, you you need to buy the books. But also, if a student is late bringing back the book, you need to take their credit card to pay the fee. Obviously, when you register for a course, somebody needs to pay the fee for the registration. When they get enrolled, they need to get an ID card. So TouchNet acts as the infrastructure that supports a students to get everything from an ID card when they get admitted or enrolled on campus to when they graduate, accept the graduation fee and make sure that uh, their gowns are delivered or something like that. So Is that how you see as your role in supporting the business of higher education as the core infrastructure that allows the administrative systems to function?
0: I think so. Yeah. I mean, look, these, uh, you know, these campuses are basically cities. You know, they are tremendously complex entities and there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that is, you know, keeping the city running as opposed to, you know, Focus specifically on educating the students, you know, and so we're one of those players behind the scenes really helping keep, uh, you know, the campus running, helping take all those payments, helping run those campus card programs and all those sorts of things. Again, so that uh, hopefully the school can spend most of its time and energy on on the core mission, you know, of educating uh, uh, kids. So,
1: yeah. So your leadership in technology in general and also in higher education in particular is like very interesting and inspiring for budding entrepreneurs like myself um, or anybody who's starting new. Like what led you to this? Is it a confluence of events or this is something that was an amalgamation of some of the other experiences you had before that?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, for me, um, I like I said, I'm a, a long-term technologist. I've always been in software companies. You know, I'm a firm believer in the ability for technology to change the world and make things better and help businesses run better and and all those sorts of things. You know, so for me, it was just kind of the next step. You know, opportunity presented itself. And and like I said, I probably was uh not as aware as I should have been about what I was getting into with higher education, but I heard it was good. And it's been everything that I was promised. And then some, it's great. You know, just love, uh, I love the underlying mission that comes with it. I love that the there's so much school spirit and the schools are, you know, excited about their basketball team and how they're going to do in the tournament, those sorts of things. <laughs> it's just a totally different thing than, you know, the uh, industry I come from. So sure. it, I, I would say I'm lucky more than anything else, Karen, to have kind of landed here because I think it's the same basic job trying to help, companies or schools or whatever to adopt technology and improve uh, with that technology. But it just, you know, feels like we're all aligned in a solid mission here that I just really enjoy.
1: Sure. So you said you it's, it's a lucky job. And the fact that higher education is uh, is absolutely critical for the infrastructure, but the last year has been very interesting with so many changes with suddenly overnight, all the universities were shut down and everybody was working from home, learning from home you know, doing all the things from home, things like ID card or parking or even mail plans are no longer relevant. So there's been a lot of disruption in the last year because of the pandemic. What, as CEO of TouchNet, what are some of the big changes you've seen last year from, because of the pandemic? And also what are some of the trends that you're seeing in some of the services you provide as a result of that?
0: So, you know, a lot of, Colleges and universities have, have always been tech forward. I, I would say a lot of TouchNet's customers are pretty tech forward, but we know that there's plenty of schools out there that haven't been as tech forward, you know, either because they haven't been able to get there or it just hasn't been a priority or, or whatever else. And so, you know, what we saw with COVID, and I have to say, I was absolutely inspired by the response we saw from our schools. What we saw is people get much more flexible, much more creative, much more aggressive in using a variety of things, one of which was technology to help solve the problems that came up because of COVID. So just truly inspired it. You know, schools do whatever it takes to get through what was a unique and crazy situation, make the best of it, and still always focus on the number one job, which is supporting the students, right? To the heart of your question, where we're going is, I think we're going to see a lot more aggressive adoption of different technologies, kind of as we go through, you know, the rest of the pandemic and on the other side and everything else, you know, and I think it applies to both students and, you know, kind of the business people at schools, so if I think about students, for example, um, we run a survey every year of students that's, you know, hits a very diverse set of, of schools across the country and asks a number of different questions kind of in our space, you know, about payments and, and card systems and things. We had the benefit this year of kind of surveying a little bit before COVID and then the majority of the survey coming after COVID. So we kind of got some opinions across all the changes that were going on in kind of the spring and early summer last year. And we saw very clearly in there that um, students' trust and like of the use of technology in their school experience was going up because of COVID. You know, you could certainly see for all of us trying to pick up some of these new technologies and things to adapt to this new world. You could certainly see a situation where they're like annoyed by it or I don't like it or whatever. Uh, I think it actually helped. I think it sort of helps get the students behind. Hey, some of these technological things we can do can make your experience uh, make your situation school better, and then uh, much more so on the college side. You know, so pretty much from day one of the pandemic, we were getting different requests on how we could use our software to help. You know, with basically a set of refunds that they weren't expecting, or different contactless needs, or or whatever else it might be. You know, and so we really tried to to pivot as a company to just support whatever those needs were. And over time, as the pandemic evolved, we really kind of realized that there was this notion that a lot of schools were kind of circling around that we would sort of encapsulate as contactless campus, you know, and I'm sure you've heard that term from others. That seems like where we're going is, I think, on the other side of this, especially, you know, kind of this fall as we move into the you know, everybody's trying to get back on campus. A real focus on you know being as safe as possible, but also trying to deliver some of the traditional services. So, again, this how do we manage that in a contactless way? And so, we actually almost you know just because we were getting the requests so frequently and our customers were so clearly looking for guidance on this, we put together a host of different materials, Kieran, to kind of outline our approach and what we suggest. We have a really nice little booklet. Maybe I'll see if we can, you know, attach a link or something if you you want to do that, just in case people have interest in looking at it. But I'll just kind of summarize because I think it tells you where we're, you know, where schools are going. You know, we kind of boil it down to sort of three steps, three things you need to do if you want to enable this contactless world that we're all going to be, uh, be living in for a while here. And step one is enable NFC. So contactless as a technology. So the technology you use when you tap your credit card at the grocery store. Now, a lot of schools have that already, at least on the payment side, but a lot of them don't too, I know from my own personal experience. So step one, you just got to get NFC in place. You know, and I think the thing that we've tried to impress upon our schools is that that's about a lot more than just taking, you know, tap transactions. It also uh, is the backbone of things like using NFC for access. So you able know, to use your car to get into a dorm room. Uh, like you do in your hotel rooms, for example, or a host of other things. You know, We see schools using robots to deliver things around campus, which is super cool, or, or virtual queuing, virtual checkout, uh, biometric identifiers, face recognition, things like that. All of those tools kind of start with this core sort of contactless or NFC technology being in place. Then step number two that goes with that would be then you add mobile on top. You know and I think you know we all know students want to do everything possible via their mobile phones and there's a lot of really good reasons for it and I think you know convenience is one or student requirements is one but I think an even bigger one is security. You know you drop your card you got a problem from a security perspective. You drop your phone you don't because you know that payment information is tokenized, can't do anything with it, etc. So step two, go mobile. Digital wallets are, are huge, and I think they're really, really going to take off now. You know, we saw—I'm trying to refresh myself on this data, but I believe the data saying uh, wallet purchases may outstrip actual card purchases this year. If not, it's coming. You know, also you can get access to uh, alternative payment methods, you know, your Zells or AliPays or whatever of the world. All those sorts of things all come from that mobile technology. And again, it's not just about payments. Uh, you know, kind of at the register when you're buying stuff or whatever, it's also about access. So again, think about that. Once you have NFC and contactless enabled and you got mobile enabled, then suddenly your phone becomes your campus card, you know, and then you're not worried about lost campus cards. All the use cases that come with that campus card can all be accomplished in a mobile, super tech-friendly, easy-to-administer way. And then there's even other things beyond that, you know, think about refunds. So uh, mm-hmm. there's still a tremendous amount of financial aid disbursements uh, that come via paper check. Tremendous amount. And that's okay. I mean, I guess that's sort of contactless now because you can kind of, you know, use your phone and take a picture, I guess. So it's not too bad. But there's also digital checks now. Of course, there's still ACH2. Or what I really like is this new thing called OCT, which is the original credit transaction. And basically, that's a push of the funds using the debit network straight to your bank account. Uh, that's, that's just amazing. that yeah, it is amazing. I mean, it's basically a real-time ACH, more or less, you know, that you get the money real-time instead of doing an ACH and then wait a couple of days, which I've been doing ACHs for years. That still makes me nervous. So anyway, mm-hmm. all these things come with, uh, you know, the step to NFC plus mobile. And then the third step, and I'll, uh, I'll let you uh, <laughs> ask me the next question. I'm going along here. Third step uh, would just be uh, running on the cloud. You know, look, I don't, I don't want to spend, yeah, don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but the administrative benefits, the security benefits, the PCI benefits, all that come with that are huge. And if you can think about how to lay out those three steps on a campus, you're going to be contactless pretty quick. And that's just, that's where we're going to want to be when we get on the other side of COVID.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable how far we've come where we always made, made ourselves believe that humans are social animals, right? We want to be around others. We don't want to be partying or being constantly in contact with other people. And in a lot of ways, I think, uh, prior to COVID, technology was considered a factor in making people more asocial or <laughs> less contact. And it, in a lot of ways, I think technology has been helping now for us to become, you know, more healthy and safe and still be social. Like we're still able to be in contact with our, um, you know, parents or grandparents using technology. We're able to learn using technology. We're able to work using technology. So we're able to interview each other using technology. So in a way, I think um, technology is really binding us. And I think your role as infrastructure that moving the higher education forward by providing this contactless campus is amazing. All these cool changes that you're talking about are going to definitely move higher education forward because ultimately higher education is a business and the business requires money inflow and outflow and TouchNet is helping that. What are some other improvements you're seeing in higher education based on where you're sitting in vantage points? Are you looking at vendor payments or disbursements or other tech-enabled services becoming more Contactless.
0: I feel like in my role at TouchNet, what I'm trying to do is uh, solve as many problems as I can for our customers. You know, TouchNet's been around a long time, very successful company, doing a lot of great things for customers before I joined. But I think the one thing we didn't do was kind of expand to help with kind of adjacent things. You know, that we just hadn't helped with before. So. Once I got going and started talking to customers, I realized that there were a whole other set of problems that, you know, the business office or the card office or whoever might have that we've had been trying to address. So our role now, again, we take it very seriously. We want to make all this stuff easy for our customers. So our role now is to try and help address some of these things. So we're getting into things like we have a new product called Advisor, which basically tries to help solve the problem with disparate information all spread out around payments or credentials or things. So it basically takes information from all of our products and information from the student information system as well, puts it all in one pane of glass. So you can truly, when it comes to the kind of the financial aspect of advising a student, kind of see it all in one spot and help that student with a you know sort of one-stop shop thing that's just not been... Uh, An option before for most schools. You know, we hear it all the time. I got to go here for data, and then I go over here, and then I go here, and I kind of put it all together, and then you know, by that time the student has walked off because it's just too hard. You know, so we try to solve problems like that, or some of these new refund solutions I was just talking about are things that are out there, technologies that haven't just been applied to higher education. And look, you know, if I can get a paper check mailed to me, or wait three days for an ACH. Or pull out my debit card and get the money instantaneously. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the money instantaneously. Why shouldn't our students have access to that technology? You know, it's way better and it's more secure. There'll be uh, you know less errors, all those sorts of things. So it's just better. Another area that I'm excited about that we haven't quite gotten there yet, but I know our customers are interested, is just kind of data generally. You know, I'm seeing schools get a little more interested in trying to understand all of the data they have. And how they can use that data to drive better outcomes and better experiences for their students. And so you think about, you know, payment data or campus card data, some of the things we have, there's definitely information there that can help. And so, you know, we're, from a touchdown perspective, we're to be super cautious about how we think about that and, and work through that. Because, of course, you know, we want to be cautious with how we use data and all that. But I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be working with schools to try to define what they'd like to see and how they can use the data they've got to, you know, again, affect better outcomes. You know what I mean? So so I think that's something that I'm seeing schools starting to do on their own if they're really organized about it. And in most other cases, instead coming to us and saying, hey, can you help us? There's something here where we know we can serve our students better. We just don't have it all put together yet. So we're working on that too.
1: Yeah. In a lot of ways, I think we are in the same space, right? Um, from with respect to data integration yeah. and ability to pull up multiple sources. In fact, the reason why I started N2N is to, is this mission to connect anything to anything because institutions are saying, you know, I'm gonna buy Salesforce or CRM. I'm gonna buy uh, recruit CRM for recruiting. And I'm gonna buy this for payments. I'm gonna buy this for alumni. But ultimately all this data needs to come together so that the GL is up to date, right? The general ledger is up to date. The student disbursements are centralized. So your focus on data is definitely something that is really critical for the future of not only just administrative services, but also the learning. That brings me to the couple of questions about the business of higher education, right? And a lot of ways, I think on one side, the learning evangelists are talking about things like gamification or blended learning or project-based learning and other things. Are you seeing similar trends like that coming up from your business when it comes to technology and tech-enabled services like TouchNet provides?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. You know, we have a little bit of a, you know some gamification concepts and some of the stuff we do. So our order ahead module, for example, you know has some kind of I would call it kind of gamification slash uh, loyalty type aspects that that drive that and drive usage and all that's you know becoming a, a big, big thing now with COVID and everybody wanting order head functionality. The concept that we hear about a lot that we got to keep working on is sort of engagement, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? So I know our schools, you know, we just had a CAB, a customer advisory board meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there was a fair bit of discussion about, you know, cut through the noise. Students get so much stuff from so many places. And how do I make sure they get these really important communications and know what they need to do to act on them? You know, email doesn't always work anymore. Sometimes text doesn't work. You know, what do I do? You know, so we're trying to think through some of those things. And I do think Kieran, there's probably a gamification angle there or aspect to that. That's kind of like, you know, set up your payment profile, set up your authorized users, you know, allow your parents to see your account Mm -hmm. basically and then we'll give you a free coffee. You know what I mean? Or you know, sure. some sort of kind of things. Maybe it's not gamification exactly.
1: but Yeah, some intense incentivization structure or some kind of workflow so that student knows that, you know, ultimately uh, everything that you do on the mobile device is about that instant gratification, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Whether the instant gratification is getting a Groupon for something or getting a movie ticket, that's a different story. But that drives a lot of people into doing what they do on their social media. I think you're thinking of the right way. Are there other other things like that that you're thinking about in the future of tech-enabled services that you're looking at?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I think we're, yeah, just like I said before, trying to make sure all these sort of adjacencies to what we do now, you know, we're able to help our schools with. I don't want to get into too much, you know, of detail, but, you know, our schools have sure. tick- ticketing needs. I think there's, you know, we can help, provide a better overall solution to help them there, you know, either through partnering or our own thing or whatever. There are different needs that are, you know, third party payments and things like that that are feel pretty similar to what we do, but are kind of different. You know, we're trying to figure out how to work through all those, you know, like I said, I, I considered our mission to just, you know, if the business office, the card office, if they need it, and it kind of feels like what we do today, we want to try and work with them to figure out how to provide that support. And again, if we can do that successfully, we make their lives easy, then they can focus on the more important job, which is the students.
1: Great. Well, I mean, I think as a as a CEO of a company that's as big as TouchNet, the fact that you're still having your ears and eyes on the ground, listening to your customers through customer advisory boards and others must give you a lot of visibility to what they're thinking And I know that you are focused on your mission and what the areas you provide. I'm very interested in what you're thinking uh, and your unique perspective on where higher education is headed. What are some of the big trends that you're seeing 10, 15 years from now?
0: For me, from where I sit, where it's going is just more technology. You know, I mean, I think that kind of what's it look like 10 years from now? Well, I mean, uh, I think from a, a campus card perspective, it's all phone. You know, what I mean, it's all mobile. Everything you do with campus card today, there are no more cards. There are no more brass keys, no more stuff to lose. You hang on to your phone and you got what you need. And it's all, you know, fully enabled. Somebody leaves the campus, everything turns off, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's sort of what's coming on the card side. On the payment side, I would say, There'll probably still be some cash use cases. You know, there definitely there's a need for cash in certain cases for sure, but above and beyond that, it's gonna be the same thing. You know, use the mobile device, certainly all online, make it as easy as possible, accept the different payment methods. You know, I think we'll continue to see, you know, interest in new different ways to refund money or provide different payment plan options or things like that to make the financial aspects of higher education easier and more, you know, accessible to everyone, which is obviously a mission we're 100% behind. I feel like the next decade in technology in this space is going to be huge, tremendous change. Wake up 10 years from now and go back to these campuses and it's going to be totally different.
1: You're right. it might be mobile device or phone, but if you think about it 10 years ago, if somebody asked me what a phone would look like, we probably think that BlackBerry is innovation, right? So that was yeah. in 2010 and now BlackBerry is defunct almost. So mm-hmm. who knows what technology will be like, but all we know is that technology will be the future of every business, including higher education and your role as CEO of a major provider for higher education, infrastructure for higher education is very critical in that transformation. Adam, it's been an extreme pleasure talking to you about all this disruptions, technology, and most importantly, thank you for all your contributions to the business of higher education. Thank you for joining Illuminate Higher Education podcast.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was great talking to you today, Karen. Thank you.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Illuminate Higher Education, sponsored by n 2 n Services and our Illuminate app. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network. You can learn more about Illuminate app at illuminateapp.com and continue the conversation with us there. If there are any topics you'd like us to discuss further, please email them to us at podcast at n2nservices.com. That's podcast at n number 2 services.com Thank you.